to That Thought Therapy. I hope you have a great day. I did. I had a wonderful day. And I pray that you did too. Don't forget, you have the power to create. So if you didn't have a good day tomorrow, God willingly get up, just commit to creating whatever it is you want in your life. I was telling my students that today, and I was like, you know, you have the power to create. If it's joy you want, if it's peace you want, if it's a financial improvement you want, whatever it is you want. And I and I admit, I'm working on some things. And yes, sometimes our creation is an instant. It takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes sacrifices. But just don't forget the creative power that God gave you when you were born. So just I just had to start off with that. So I didn't know what I was going to title this message because sometimes when I'm talking about stories in the news, I try to be very careful. Um, sometimes there's a victim and that victim, how do I word this? You know, the victim might have done some things that weren't right. However, no one deserves to be killed regardless of that. But there's always a life lesson from it. And, and I want to talk about this. And I'm going to talk, call this one Lessons from the Grave. In my first book that I wrote many years ago, 20 years ago, in fact, it was the anniversary earlier this year, um, Love Doesn't Hurt Life Lessons for Young Women, I had a chapter in my book called Lessons from the Grave. And when someone dies, we who are left have a chance to take a moment of reflection and learn some things and really use those lessons to um, constructively transform our lives. So there's a story about a woman and she had an affair with this man and the man ended up moving his wife because at the time he was married um, and he and his wife had been married, I think for like 20 years. He moves his wife out of the house. He moves this woman in, the mistress, and um, they have a very tumultuous relationship. She ends up getting pregnant and has having a daughter. And then at some point, he ends up killing her. He said that he alleged that she had pointed a gun at him. He shot her in self-defense. The evidence shows something else. And so he was indicted and before he had a chance to he was convicted excuse me and before he had even indicted and convicted but before he had a chance to be sentenced he ended up dying which is still a mystery so it's a tragic story all around a woman is dead her child is now an orphan because her this this beautiful young ladies um both mother and father are dead and it's all over something that could have been totally avoided. Both of these people were just, you know, had a lot going on for themselves. They had money, they were, you know, professionals, they had opportunities, they had material things. I mean, it seemed like they had so much. But there's some life lessons from their graves that I just want to talk about. And I think the person who is who wasn't really talked about a lot 
and I don't think she would want to be on the show in the first place, but I kept thinking about her, and that was this man's wife. I kept thinking about how she must have felt being married to a man for 40 years, and even if you have, your relationship has a lot of turmoil, if you don't divorce, you might still want to work through it. You know, we don't, we didn't hear from her voice, and if she had spoken publicly, I didn't see anything, and I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't try to look it up before I did this podcast, but I kept thinking about her, and one of the biggest life lessons that I want to share is that rejection is protection. Sometimes you think people are leaving you and they're rejecting you because the grass is greener, they found somebody better, they found somebody younger because this man was, I think, about 11 years older than his mistress. Um, and and I want to say this, the, the woman who was killed, it, it just pray for her family, pray for everybody, you know, this is sad because just because she had an affair and just because she committed adultery did not mean that she needed to be killed. You know, that that is just sad. And, and I got to do something about that. We got to learn how to live and let live. We got to learn how to live and let live. Um, if you have been living without a person before you met them, then when they're not in your life, you can keep living. We do not have to kill people or we do not have to die because people don't want to be in our lives or can't be in our lives for whatever the reason we can live. And so I just want to put that out there. I'm not saying it's easy. It's very painful. Rejection is very painful. Um, If you have been monogamous and you've been faithful and someone goes outside of your committed relationship, and your fidelity, that's very painful. It hurts, and it's, it's a risk for your life, for your body, for your sanity, for so many other things. And so I kept thinking about the wife. I just watched the story. I, before the story aired on 2020, I had read it in the newspaper when it first came out, and I kind of followed the story, and then after the man, the killer died um, under mysterious circumstances, I saw that article too and I was thinking, what the what? But I just want to say, because I kept thinking about that wife, how painful it must have been to be with her husband and for him to move her out of their home and move his mistress in the home. She was moved out and the mistress was moved in. And I cannot imagine how absolutely painful that had to be. She was probably the age of her husband. He moves in a younger woman. Maybe she thought this younger woman was more attractive. Maybe she thought this young woman had more to offer. Their children were adults and he was having relations with a younger woman. And this woman ended up getting pregnant and having a child. The one thing I want, and I, and I kept thinking about that wife, and I, I just want to emphasize, she could have been dead. If she had stayed in that marriage, if it was toxic, if he was toxic with the mistress, he probably was toxic with his wife. We don't know because, again, she had not made any public statements that I know of. But one thing I know, it may hurt. 
if someone leaves you, if someone kicks you out, if someone rejects you. But one thing I know, it's always divine order. God has a way of protecting his children. And remember that. You may not get what you want. There's a reason for it. That person might not um, love and respect you the way you need to be loved and respected. There's a reason for that. Count it all joy. And I just want to be encouraging to anybody out there. You're married and your spouse has gone outside of that committed relationship and had an affair or other affairs. And you might just be devastated because that hurts. It's undeniable that it's going to hurt, especially if you love your your spouse. But at the same time, and I know what I'm about to say, it's easier said than done. Don't resist that. Live and let live. Live and let live and live and let go. It is possible. I'm getting ready to do another series on marriage. I'm just so, there's so many people talking about marriage and you know, what makes a marriage work and what doesn't make a marriage work. And I met a, I know a lot of people who are married and I've been married myself. And, you know, I see a lot of things. And one of the things when I look back, you had my moment of reflection. What I realized is that when you have a lot in common with a person, when your core values and your core personality are similar, then you're more than likely to have a better relationship. No relationship is perfect. Nobody can be totally 100% matched. But there are some core things that when you have those things in common, you're more likely to have more harmony, uh, more peace, and then you have the potential to grow together. And so I want to talk about that. I mentioned that in my last episode. Um about my friend I I met him when I was in college we both minored in education and um, he's been married to his wife probably for about 21 22 years I can't remember but he's had a fairly good marriage very strong marriage but when he met his wife everything he had his wife had and there were some differences I'm sure the one thing I remember is that he had never been married and she had been married before but they both had children they both had the same education level. They both had the same material sort of situation. Um, they both, you know, had a level of faith. They had, they shared the same religious practices. Um, but I'm sure there were differences. But nevertheless, I, I and he would tell it. I can, you know, I pretty much believe it's not fake um, when he says that, you know, he's had a loving, strong, good relationship. I know when he decided to marry his wife, he didn't make a decision based on emotion. Because one of the things I think people forget is that you can love a person and they can still cheat on you and they can love you. You know, you can love, if you make a decision to marry or, you know, because of love, it doesn't guarantee that that relationship is going to be strong and people are going to stay together. Love is simply just not enough. When you make a decision about marriage, it has to be with that frontal cortex. It has to be more than just, in other words, it has to be more than just emotion. You have to make a decision about, 
And you really have to sit down and think this thing through and analyze, do I have something in common with this person? And I, I'm going to take it even a step further. I, I was really thinking about this, and I believe that when people really love themselves, they choose a person who is reflective of themselves. Regardless of what their socioeconomic status is or how they look, or but they choose a person that they that it has something in common with them because they love themselves. Whenever I meet people, and I've heard a lot, I've heard like this one life coach I listen to, he talks about this a lot. Like when you have people and they want to be with someone that has nothing in common with them, especially maybe like looks, or they're one way, but they want a spouse that's sort of another way, and it's really because they don't love themselves, and they think that having this other person is going to make them better, because they think, if I'm with this person, I can feel better about myself. But what I contend, and I'm, you know, and I know we all got our opinions, and just my little two cents, is that if a person gets a person who is like him or her, they actually will be happier, and because they're happier, because it, because then you don't have to. There's no struggle to change who you are. I um, just listened. I didn't finish it, but there was again this one life coach I listened to, and basically what he was trying to say was that. You know, men will rise to the standard of a woman. Some will, but I and I contend that a lot of them won't because uh, it's just so hard. I, I think it, it's so it's stressful. If let's say, for example, you have a you meet a, a man meets a woman, and let's say that woman, she's in a pretty good financial place. He's not in that place. She might accept him, you know, because there's always this conversation about when you accept the man who makes love. She less. She might. The problem is, is that he may have, and this happens a lot, a lot of issues with not making a certain amount. And then if her expectation is, you know, I'll accept you as you are, he may not feel good because now he's got to feel funny because... You know, he's living on for her. It's just so many different factors. I say that if you get someone who is like you, you're more than likely to be happier. Every person that I know that has a pretty solid marriage and their, and, you know, their relationship is decent is a person that I can see can they, they, their spouse mirror each other. The husband mirrors the wife. The wife mirrors. It's, a, it's to a couple that I want, I'm thinking of, and I didn't even know they had a lot of common. But when I when I really started thinking about it and after some experiences, I'm like, they're just alike. They're like two peas in a pot. No wonder they're gonna stay married. Because it's not they don't because difference creates conflict. And that conflict, and I'm doing a sidebar, y'all, and that conflict is what creates all this chaos. Yes, people can be inspired to be better if they get with a person who maybe be what's the word I want to say because I want to be careful I say this they may be more successful in one area and so if they get with a person and they're not that who's successful in that area and they're not it might inspire them to rise but it might make them be more aware of their perceived deficiency or their inadequacy 
So then it creates stress within that person. Stressful people are not good companions. People who are stressed out or frustrated, they're not good companions. And then many times because then, but they still, for whatever the reason, because it may be emotional, they may be making a decision based on emotions because they may be attracted to one thing about that person and they can't focus on that frontal cortex and saying, okay, I need to get get with somebody and break this thing down and get somebody who's with my financial status, my um, work life, my education, my, you know, if I like to, you know, play pool every Saturday, I need to get somebody who likes to play pool so you can share. Most people don't want that. It's, it's, it's amazing. And I say it's because they don't love themselves and they don't like their lives. And that's why people are always trying to get with somebody who is better. And usually, you know, and it could be both ways. I can't say it's a man trying to get with a woman who has more or a woman trying to get with a man who has more. It, it's, it's about equal. Because what it is is that we're all trying to get something from that other person. And really, when we love ourselves, we're okay with not having to change ourselves. I would not want to be with a man who would have to do too much to, to change for me and meet my standards. I don't want a man to be that stressed out. I don't want a man to feel inadequate because I, and then I may not even say anything, but I, it's hard for me to be romantically involved with somebody who is, it, you know, and I teach teenagers. So, you know, if he's acting, if his behavior is just like a teenager's and his life is just like a teenager, I'm not going to be romantically attracted to him. I will respect the brother. I will I don't think the brother is a bad person. I'm not going to think the brother is wrong necessarily for how he's living. But it, I'm going to be, because I love myself and I respect myself, I'm only going to be attracted to someone who mirrors me. And I feel like that's what God wants for me. And that's what I mean. I did an episode on Equally Yoked. I took that scripture out of the Bible and I sort of extended it because I really do think that we would not have as many divorces as we as we have if people would be equally yoked, meaning that they would get with a person that shares their core values. So many people don't. You know, they try to still stay together because maybe somebody's attracted to how somebody looks. Maybe somebody's attracted to something that this person has or does. But overall, when you break it down, I said, I'm going to do a workshop, a worksheet on this and a workshop where you break it down and say, okay, what is this person's educational level? Do we match? Because if I like to read and I get excited about reading a new book and being able to talk about it, I would love to be able to talk about that with my spouse. If my spouse is not a reader, it doesn't mean that he's not a bad, that he's a bad person. It doesn't mean that he's, he, you know, he's wrong for not reading. What it simply means is that we don't have something that I really value in common. And it could be on the other side. He could be a person that's really into being fit, having his body look a certain way. And then, you know, he's trying to get with somebody who, while this per- while his spouse may care about her, her health, she may not even be really caring about the weight that she carries. Even though she could lose some weight and need to lose, guess what? She doesn't. Wouldn't it be nice if they found, each person found some person that mirrored them, that the things that are most important to them, they found a person who shared that interest. I think, personally, those are the most powerful relationships. 
And I think that's why the divorce rate is over 60%. And that is why so many people break up because, and they waste so much time because even if they say, you know, okay, I know this person doesn't have this or have that, but he may be a nice person, but he's not cursing me out. He's not beating me over the head. But then again, you're with a person and if they don't have what you have and their life is different from yours, then there is a heightened sense of awareness what they don't have. I remember, and I've been around people like that, like they really have more. And they, you know, they may, it may be financially or it may be the way they dress or something. They may be looking sharper. You're aware of yourself more. And I wouldn't want a person to be around me and be uncomfortable. And I wouldn't want to be around a person and be uncomfortable. And so then, too, again, I want to emphasize that these constant clashes, difference creates conflict. It doesn't necessarily mean that it ends in a terrible way or negative way. It's just going to constantly be this conflict. If one person likes to tease and finds humor in teasing, and I know for me, like, for example, I'm not a person I don't like teasing. I love to laugh and I like jokes, but I don't like teasing. So, but let's just say that's a person's personality. If I were to get with a person like that, I would be miserable out of my mind because I don't I don't like that, you know, and it's nothing wrong with that, but it's just my personal, you know, belief. And so I, I just think that's the way. And I, I just want to, that was my sidebar again from that last episode that I did. But going back to this wife, um, and this happens all over, somebody gets um goes outside the marriage. And you gotta realize that sometimes, you know, you're you're kicked out, but really God is protecting you. So in that in this case, I believe that happened, and it happens a lot like this. Clearly, it doesn't show anywhere where the wife tried to come back and tried to, you know, get with her husband or try to break up the husband and this woman. She you know, she just went on, it seemed like she just went on about her business. I don't know what her situation was because they had lived in this house for a while. This was a very nice home that this wife was kicked out of when this man brought in his mistress and had the child. And that's where the woman was killed. So I don't think the wife would want to go back to that. I don't know. But my point is that I was just trying to find the lessons from this tragic story. It's so sad, so tragic, and it didn't have to happen. And that's another thing, you know, people are very casual about their relationships. You have to be very, very serious because when you are with people's emotions and bodies are being entangled in liaisons, something can go wrong. There is an increased chance that something can go wrong. And this is why I strongly recommend Again, using your frontal force, your cortex, the frontal lobe to make decisions. You can't make, we cannot make decisions when it comes to relationships based on emotions, based on feelings. All feelings change. Feelings are what teenagers use when they make most of their decisions. We should be mature. Maturity requires that you become a critical thinker and you analyze situations and you reason and you examine things and reflect on things and then make a decision it can't just be emotional what was told in this story is that the mistress 
he hadn't told this mistress that he was married at first. But, and, and when she found out, you know, she was upset. But she didn't leave him. She didn't say, you know what, you're married, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to mess up anybody's home. You know, stay with your wife. We can share custody of the child. You live, I live. It's all good. She didn't say that. She remained in this relationship with this married man. And again, I'm not saying the lady should have been killed. But this happens a lot. A lot of people get killed in situations like this. And that's a life lesson that we got to be very careful. I recommend that, I recommend never, ever, ever getting involved with a person who is a committed, in a committed relationship in a marriage with somebody else. I, I, I strongly recommend not doing that. If that, if that person, and I, and I even strongly recommend don't even deal with that person. If they do get divorced or they do, you know, maybe. But if a man would cheat with you, he will also cheat on you. And that's that vicious cycle that just keeps happening over and over and over again. And again, my heart grieves. People lost their lives. This, you know, man lost his life. The woman, he killed her. The child was an orphan. Um, the wife, I'm sure, you know, she had some issues. The, the two adult children have to deal with that and people know that that's their father. And, you know, it, it's just a really, really bad situation. And there's so many negative implications of this. And that's what I just want to say. And I don't know what I'm going to title this. I think I am going to title it Lessons from the Grave. Be very careful. Be very, very careful. Choose your relationships wisely. You know, I stopped having casual relationships um, it, it, a couple of years ago. I just don't do it. Um, I, I thank God that I have good friends and I have, um, you know, there are males in my life, but they're mainly my family and my former students that I keep up with that I'm very proud of. But I just don't, I don't get personal, especially with the opposite sex. And I think it's very dangerous. You have to be very careful about that. If you're not going to, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on this, if you know that you and that person that relationship is not going to produce something. I really say that you should really just not have that relationship or that interaction with that per- person. Most of y'all know my sister died um, four years ago and I was holding her hand when she took her last breath and it really, after that, for months, it was a time of deep, deep, deep reflection. And one of the things that I committed to, I said, I am no longer going to waste my time. Time is so precious. Our lives are so fragile. We can be gone in a twinkling of an eye. And I want to encourage people to really assess and take inventory of their relationships. And if your relationships don't have a clear purpose, like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I have coworkers. Okay, I work with these people. Or this is a business relationship, you know. Though you have to have a clear, clearly defined purpose for those relationships because what happens is these casual relationships end up with some very, very bad outcomes. Time is wasted. You get nothing out of it. At the end of the day, you get nothing out of the relationship but pain and frustration. And even in some cases, death. And it's sad. So I'm not going to go over 29 minutes today, ladies and gentlemen. I thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to 
um, connect with my social media channels, uh, pages. I don't I don't have a big following on social media, but if you go to badsalttherapy.com and you scroll down, you'll see the links to everything. Well, I pray that this blessed you. This is a very uncomfortable topic. I pray that you are well. Just know that God loves you and he wants you to have peace and he wants you to have joy. Remember that. Don't ever forget that. And you just do your part and you choose that for yourself. Take care.